Our scripture today comes from Matthew chapter 25, verse 40, and the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did to the one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it for me. Thank you, God, for the inspiration of this word. There is no future. There is no past. Thank God this moment's not the last. There's only us. There's only this. Forget, regret, or life is yours. Yes. No. I'm sitting here outside of the Church of the Good Shepherd, United Methodist Church, as we move into this time of prayer and conversation. We are looking at the Lord's Prayer today, specifically at the phrasing, on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. I was asked very recently a question, and, and I was intrigued by it. This is a very well-meaning question, and there's really no harm or foul. It's a pretty fair question. Within my career, I have never, ever, ever led a Bible study on or preached from the book of Revelations. I have never, ever, ever led a Bible study on or preached from the book of Revelations. I've been asked quite frequently to do so. I've been asked to help work together to dissect the text, to try to lay out 
what the book of Revelations, what John the Revelator is trying to say to us as we look towards the end times, as I've heard from individuals that quite commonly refer to the present as the end times, and I quite commonly refer back to them that even after the ascension of Jesus Christ, I mean, people thought that Christ was coming back next Tuesday. So there's there's this fixation on when will Christ return? When will Christ be with me? When will I be with Christ? And I'm going to share with you those are the reasons why I've never, ever preached from, nor led a Bible study through the book of Revelations. I exist within my theology and and some phrasing that Christ shares in this scripture, Christ teaching us how to pray. And as Christ teaches us how to pray, Christ is teaching us the places that we need to have our focus on. Uh, um, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The importance of having a focus on God, our creator, being our caregiver and our comforter. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's the section I want to focus on today. I don't want us to become so heavenly minded that we forget that our call is to create heaven on earth on earth as it is in heaven, to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ in such a way that we exist in the present, we thrive in the presence, that we teach and share and care within the presence of reality. So I picked this song today, No Day But Today, from the musical Rent. And I picked it because there is a reality. We're called to be representatives of Jesus Christ in such a way that we are striving for perfection, but we are also living in such a way that the world is our parish. Now, I just quoted John Wesley in two different phrasings. We we should strive for heavenly things. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We should strive to show the hallowed holiness of who God is. But thy will be done, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. There is a call for us to strive towards perfection within the everyday. John Wesley uh, shared of our pursuit of, of Christian holiness, of our desire to move closer and closer to God, to be drawn closer and closer to God in such a way that we are striving daily to move on towards heavenly perfection. We'll never meet it here on earth, but we can display it and share it and show it here on earth. You know, for John Wesley, it really became a ministry of the moment. It became a ministry of growth and progression. If we look at John Wesley's three stages of grace, provenient grace, the moments in our lives that we are unaware of what God is, who we are, what God is calling us to do. Those moments of justifying grace that we are called to intentionally 
interact with grace in the moment, intentionally to be within the moment of grace, to call and respond and to act and serve with grace in such a way that we are living wholly in it in the moment. And even in John Wesley's uh, understanding of sustaining grace, a sustaining grace still has a separation from complete holiness. Sustaining grace is this moment that we walk hand in hand with God without thinking about it, but we still falter and fumble, but we can immediately move back to it. It's the circular drive that God is always present within all things and through all things. So I sit in this moment and I share with you why I've never, ever, ever preached from Revelations. I share with you why that I never, ever, ever have led a Bible study on Revelations. I, I, I don't want us to be fixated on what's next because as we are so fixated, if we become too fixated on what's next, we miss some very, very dear friends who need our love and care within the moment. It's one of the things that John Wesley really battled in his ministry. John Wesley battled this expectation that there is a set ideal of what holiness is. I'm going to hand this off to my cameraman. That's thank you. Um, the set ideal of what holiness is and what holiness can be. Um, we see John Wesley exists within an environment that actually fought him on the understanding that the message of Jesus Christ was so holy and so um, should be so cared for that it should only be shared within the cathedrals and within the worship places. I mean, when John Wesley and George Whitfield went out and preached in the open air of all things, you know, the community of the Church of England were appalled. How could they take this message that we should shelter and care for out into the open air of the everyday and present it within the everyday? You know, there is this moment within the gospel, and I, I feel it within the desire at times of studying the book of Revelations. There's too much focus on what the end reward is than to realize that there is an active present that makes the gospel of Jesus Christ meaningful. It is the moments of justifying grace that brings reality to our being. You know, when we live in the moment and thrive within the moment, when we look for these places of justifying grace, when I look at justifying grace, it is the only part in John Wesley's explanation of what grace is that we have a active participation in it. Whoa, I dropped it. My active participation of keeping my camera still but justifying grace is truly the only place that we are intentionally active. We look at prevenient grace and God is with us and caring for us when we're unaware. If we look at sustaining grace, God is with us and guiding with us without us thinking about it. We're just that close to God. 
But if we look at John Wesley's um, understanding of what justifying grace is, there is an intentional participation that takes place within that understanding. I think that justifying grace is the most beautiful of all. It's one that has tied my being to become a United Methodist minister. In the moment that I walked down the aisle of Cornerstone Baptist Church in Martinsville, Virginia, to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, that was my intentional response to something that Jesus Christ has already done for me through his death, burial, and resurrection. My whole life as I've served as a youth director, as an associate pastor, as a pastor, I have been intentionally responding within the moment to what Jesus Christ has done. I look at John Wesley's deep-hearted desire of being a servant of Jesus Christ, even though it was a failed attempt in the Georgia colonies, there was a deep-hearted desire to be active with Christ. So John Wesley responded in the moment by being a representative of faith in the way it was needed in that moment, in that day. Not the eternal reward, but what was needed in that day. I look at John Wesley stepping outside of the confines of religious structure of the Church of England and doing the ghastliest thing as going out and preaching about Jesus Christ in the open air, uh, the rebuttal that came back from that. I think about John Wesley truly looking at the needs of the moment, in the moment, and being a responsive service servant of grace within the moment as he sent Asbury and Coke to the American colonies to serve uh, the acts of Eucharist to those who did not want to take Holy Communion because they didn't want anything to do with England. I mean, John Wesley, in that moment, it became more about the need and the moment in that day and being actively responsive responsive to the needs of the moment of that day that he was willing to step out of his political understanding, John Wesley being a loyalist to the king. He stepped outside of his political understanding so that he could be responsive and a caregiver in the moment to those who had the needs. There is a beautiful assurance that comes from our salvation, and there's a beautiful assurance that we respond to with gratitude when we think about what it means to go out and respond. We want the assurance of eternal salvation. John Wesley's heartwarming experience came with the words that eternal salvation can come to even want anyone, even me. So we work with that reality that, yes, there is a beautiful, beautiful thing through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, that we have a place at the table of eternal grace. But that place in the table is so much more beautiful when we invite other people to it. And that becomes this moment, this the words of this song that I've picked for the day. There's no day but today from the musical rent. There is no day but today. 
if you look at the musical rent and and what it's focused on we look at this focus of individuals that live within a community dealing with aids and h hiv and individuals that have very specific needs and pains because of it we look at this musical rent and we see individuals that deal within addictions and and the ways that they suffer and fight through those addictions. And as we look at this play at this play rent, we see this beautiful reality of what it means to truly have on earth what it is in heaven as we see through this character angel an individual that's willing to make it possible to be the glue that holds everyone together and the glue that opens the doors for peace, care, and comfort for everyone that angel interacts with. The beauty of that. The comfort of that. There's a deeper beauty and comfort because when we look at the kingdom of heaven and we try to bring it on the kingdom of earth, it may not always fit the expectations that we hold for it. It may not hold the imagery that we thought it would appear. The most beautiful thing that I see within this musical rent is if you were to affix a Messiah image to a character in this, if you are were to affix a Christ image on a character in this play, you would affix it on Angel. Angel's the one that begins to make everyone else think about where they are in a moment. Angel is the one that becomes a caregiver that brings moments of stability for others. Angel is the caregiver that teaches another person what true love is. And what I like about this play, it challenges us to look past our expectation because Angel is also the character that dies from HIV AIDS in the play. Looking at the reality of the moment, looking at the reality of the needs in the moment, Look in the reality that Jesus Christ looks like the ones that we are looking for. And sometimes Jesus Christ looks like the ones that we avoid. And that becomes a, mo a moment of reality that we have to exist in the moment. There has to be no day but today. Because as we remember the, the story of the one who waited to serve dinner with Christ and he kept having other visitors... And he was upset that Christ never came. And Christ revealed himself through all the visitors that stopped by that he gave things to. He was waiting for Christ and he didn't see that Christ was at his doorstep for the one that he gave clothing to, for the one that he gave shoes to, to the one that he gave the meal that he prepared Christ. He gave it to them. And the words of assurance is, whenever you do any of these things for another person, you also do it for me. We don't meet those other people unless that we exist within today. We don't, we overlook those people if we look too far into heaven. And it becomes the, the challenge of being willing to look in the moment, to share and give, so that others can find their place in peace and comfort. Thank you for bearing with me. 
Thank you for listening to me as I share this conversation. My name is the Reverend Michael Drew Davis. God is love. Amen.